All right, so, um, can you tell me something I really didn't need to know? Hey, Mom, tell me something I didn't need to know. So how about let's learn something we really don't need to know. Happy New Year's, guys. Happy New Year. Hi. I feel like it's been so long, like a year since I've seen you all. Heard I know. you all, talked to you all. I know. Oh, man. I hope that everyone has an amazing 2022. Absolutely. The, yeah. last, the last couple of years have been a little rough. on the rough side. Challenging. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So here's to a better year for everyone. Yes. Yes. A fresh start for everyone. So if last year sucked for you, just let it all go and think it's a fresh, fresh start. Thank you for not breaking into song right there. I wanted to, but... Honestly, we need all the listeners to stay. (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to Tell Me Something I Didn't Need to Know. I'm Hannah Green. I'm Mary Swartz. I'm Andrew Kremlin. I'm Lynn Samuels. You know, this table gets a little bigger every every couple of months. It's kind of awesome. I know. Eventually, we're just going to have a room full of people and Larry's going to be... No, Larry will just sit in the corner giving us weird looks and shaking his head and thinking... And I married into this willingly. He didn't marry into it. We started it after he got married. Oh, he married into this insanity, well, even if the podcast didn't exist at that point. That is true. The potential was there. That is true. So, okay. Now, it's been a while since I've made this joke, so I'm going to make it again just, you know, for old time's sake. This is my mom's midlife crisis. Are you and Aunt Lynn having a midlife crisis, too? Do you guys need to talk to somebody? No, we're just very supportive of our sister because we love her, and that's what you do when you love someone. Okay, that's fair. We're supporting your mom's dream. They're preparing for their own midlife crisis. I'm going to go to uh, Africa and work with uh, rescued uh, hippos. All righty. I like I it. I saw a video, and oh my gosh, I seriously was They're like, so cute. I'm going to pack up and go help these apes. You really don't. They're cute. Monkey crime is actually a thing. I bet you monkey yeah. poop smells. Yeah. Hey, my Lynn, question is, 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 does it smell worse than raccoon poo? The only person I can think to ask that question is Aunt Johanna. But has she smelled monkey poo? No, and I would like to apparently, keep it that way. Apparently, she's the sniffer of poo here, so. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, she's the only one I can think to ask. So, have you been to the zoo recently? Does no. anyone have a monkey they want to leave in her garage? Please, please, please. For the love of God, put a monkey in her garage. We need to know. These are things we need to know. Yes, when I do. bought the house, there was a squirrel living in the garage. Now, does the squirrel poo smell worse than the raccoon poo, or is it vice versa? Oh, the raccoon poo is a thousand times worse than squirrel poo. See, you're the only people. We, you're the only person we can ask these questions. Yeah, yeah. You, you are the sniffer. You're the poo, poo sniffer. Not willingly. <laughs> <laughs> just, just gonna put that out there. This was not a willing knowledge. <laughs> it was forced upon me. All right, thrust upon you by a. A uh, lone raccoon. Oh, God. Because I... this is something that you don't need to know. There are animals. There are three different animals that actually don't poop. And they would be? Not in Joanna's garage. <laughs> They're tardigrades. 
some mites, uh, they're called demo, demodex mites, which are face mites, and jellyfish. Jellyfish don't even have an anus. For the record, if you'd like to put jellyfish in my garage, I'd be perfectly okay with that. No, something tells me a monkey would be far more entertaining. For us. Exactly. Oh, God. Can you even imagine that text? Hey, Mom, just open the garage to get some tools out. Your monkey threw them at me. <laughs> There's a monkey living in here that wasn't here two weeks ago. It's more likely to throw its poop than the, the tools. Yeah. They, poop they, throwers, they fling so, poo. You know. Yeah, they do. They, they yes. fling more than just poo, but yeah. All right. Oh, Sweet. All right, God. here's my word of the day. Hapex oh. legomenon. Say that again. Hapex legomenon. Is is that where it does that tra- is that Latin does that translate into Legos happen? And that's what what you yell when you uh, Legos happen. Lego. When that's you what that's what the that's what the Pope yells when he steps on a Lego. <laughs> <laughs> good good one. That good. was awesome, John. I'm not even a guess because I got nothing compared to you. <laughs> no, the word actually originated in Greece in the mid 1700s. It means a word. That occurs only one time in an entire document. I'm never going to remember that. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Yep. Um, Before we go on with the next one, I just do want to, on the the poop thing, tell you that uh, it does tell you that raccoon poop often contains parasitic roundworms, so you should not ever touch it go near it with your bare hands oh no trust me uh masks and gloves i recommend them highly and if you're really smart you will lace your mask with some essential oil first all right next word of the day ladies ugglesome are you drunk ugglesome ugglesome uggle u-g-g-l-e-s-o-m-e it's pig latin oh ugglesome that's the opposite of handsome. No. Well, yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. In some cases, Lynn, you are correct. It is not quite, but yes. Okay. So that's when you have more than one pair of Uggs. <laughs> <laughs> which are ugglesome. Which are horrendous. In which case, you may also need a psych evaluation. <laughs> I have no guesses. I will say... In my opinion, Uggs are ugglesome. Oh, that that must mean ugly. It actually means terrifying. Ooh. Oh, you find them terrifying? Honestly terrifying? Well, when they talk to her. Um, oh, You know yeah. what? The, the inside of them, like that weird, like, fake sheep's wool, I don't even know what. Isn't that the outside of them? Um, no, a lot of times it's not. A lot of times they're like leather on the outside and that weird what? stuff is on the inside. Yeah. Oh, okay. I've never, I don't look at them. I actually avoid them. Um, <clears throat> the idea of putting my foot in that is ugglesome. She has an ug phobia. I do. I, I have was a- just, I was going to do that. I was just going <laughs> to say that's, that's called an ug phobia. Oh, yeah. Oh my gosh. All right, Lynn, do you have a word for us? I do. Okay. And I'm just going to just, I'm going to preface it with, don't say what you think it is right away with, with what it sounds like, obviously. Oh, it can't, it's got to be good. You are ruining all of our fun. I mean, you can, but it's just too obvious. We don't have to listen. 
Oh, okay, okay. Hold on, listen. We're going to make up a word that, a, a definition that sounds nothing at all like what the word is. Okay. Tell us what the word is again. Margaritaceous. Delicious. Oh, that sounds delicious to me. I think that that's when you make a casserole out of your annoying neighbor, Margaret. <laughs> I think it is the the uh, the period of time where everybody's name was Margaret because you know you got the Jurassic period and the Crustaceous period. There you go. With the win for a great guess. <laughs> wow. Um, it is not though. But that was a great guess, and I appreciate that. And I think they should change what it means. Thank you. Although it would make the words they've previously described as margaritaceous, because it is an adjective, uh, a little bit odd. Okay. It means pearl-like or pearly in color. That's stupid. <laughs> I like mine better. I'm, I'm saying we, uh, we... You know what? We don't even officially have to do it. We just need to go find every printed dictionary... Look the word up, cross it off, and change it. The period between Crustaceous and Jurassic where all the dinosaurs were named Margaret. Yes. Yes! That's, I, yes, do it. <laughs> That's awesome. I'm That's... taking a natural history class online where actually we just talked about the periods. And had I had that, I would have brought this up. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Since everybody who presents are like doctors and stuff, and it's all really like dry. No one has, a, has, like, made a joke in there. I'm like... See, and this is why I was no good in college. I do not have a dry sense of humor. I am not a serious person. They don't make comedy colleges. Oh, they do. I think they call it clown school. Eh, clowns aren't funny. That's, yeah, okay. All right. <clears throat> All right, last week we started in New Zealand. This week we're starting in Britain. Okay, good, good, good. We're going to call it Sprinklegate. Pardon me? We're all familiar with Watergate. What did you just say? Sprinklegate. Sprinklegate? Sprinklegate. This is a little this less than, than Watergate. So I was just thinking, is this like donuts? It is. No, I think cupcakes. Ooh. Ooh. Okay, Mary. A British bakery has been forced to pull its top selling yes. cookies and cupcakes and brownies from the market after the regulators informed the owner that the sprinkles... He'd been using are illegal. What? What? <clears throat> the sprinkles are illegal. Are they? Oh. Are they edible? They, they are made in the United States, <laughs> and they oh, contain. Are they using that one thing I reported on that, that that they shut down restaurants for? They're using. I'm not really sure what is inside of it, but it's a coloring that is legal for some things, but not for sprinkling and human consumption in Britain, because we know that the U.S. has. Very lax laws compared to some other countries. Yes. <clears throat> so Rich Myers, who is the owner of the Get Baked Bakery in Leeds. Oh, Get Baked. Get See, Baked. I, to I told you, they're edibles. The sprinkles are edibles. Disclosed the recent setback on Facebook, where his updates on what he calls Sprinklegate have been defined by Frank Talk and the occasional heartfelt profanity. He says the decision is a huge deal for his business, and it's also very effing annoying. Rich Myers is highly passionate about sprinkles. This is his quote. It is highly unlikely we will find any legal sprinkles that we will use as a replacement. British sprinkles just aren't the same. They're totally shit. And I hate them. Wow. 
He's very passionate. Holy cow. All right. He's very passionate. Um, the interesting thing, because I just Googled it because I want to know what the ingredient was because I was just curious. It's E127. But here's what they can use it in. They can use it in cocktails or candied cherries. So you can eat it. What the hell? You can eat it, but only if it's combined with cherries or alcohol. You can't just eat it on a cookie. That makes no sense. I guess they're going to have to have cherry-flavored sprinkles. So, uh, And we call it red number three. So, so just so you know, if you are traveling there, don't take your red number three because it's illegal over there. Only if you sprinkle it on cookies. You can put it in your drink. If we have any oh, that's true. British listeners, let us know what's going on with your... Sprinkles. Sprinkles. And what... Yeah, why what? are they so icky? What's wrong with sprinkles over there? Not that I think ours are good, because I think all sprinkles are the shit. Like, I will wipe them off and not eat them. All right. Two friends from Mono Island. That's in the <clears throat> Solomon Islands. Set Which out. is, for, for our listeners, not me, because I know, but for other people who might not know, where is the Solomon Islands? Hang on, let us Google that for you. Unless Lynn, the teacher with the master's degree, would just like to tell us. No, no, I want you to learn for yourself. She doesn't know. She doesn't know. She is lying. She does not know. It's a country in Oceania. Yeah, it's over by Papua New Guinea. So the Solomon Islands. These two friends from this Mono Island, which is part of the Solomon Islands. They set out for a trip to a nearby island on September 3rd of this year. Now, the trip was about 125 miles south of where they started, and they'd made this trip before. Not a big deal. They had a small motorboat with a 60-horsepower engine on it, and they had a navigation system, and they set off. But as we've heard in many stories that involve trips across the water, the weather took a turn, and soon the weather actually began to affect their navigation system. Now, knowing that they had a limited amount of fuel, the guys made the choice to shut off their engine to conserve fuel so that when the weather cleared, they could get back on their way. Okay. All right? Sounds like it makes sense. So, you know, they stop where they're at. It doesn't say, but I'm going to assume they probably attempt to drop some sort of anchor, although if they're in the middle of the ocean... I don't know what good an acre is actually going to do you on a little tiny boat. The thing is, they had no way of knowing that the weather would go from bad to worse. They also could not have predicted that the heavy rain and the wind would disable their navigation system completely, which then left them with no way of knowing that they had floated about 250 miles north of where they started from. Wow. So they're actually now... In an entirely different country. Holy shit. Yeah. For 29 days. For 29 days. Hope they didn't take sprinkles with them. (laughs) They floated. They survived by eating this sack of oranges that they brought along with them for a snack and scooping coconuts out of the water that they saw floating by. And they were able to drink rainwater that had pooled in the bottom of the boat. For 29 days. On October 2nd, they were actually spotted by a passing fisherman. The fisherman towed the stranded men to the town of Pomeo, Pomeo, New Britain, which is actually in Papua New Guinea. The men were checked out by a doctor, and it was found that they were 
in fragile health from the ordeal. Right. They went on to stay with a local there in in Pamio. They are recovering, but paired with the travel restrictions due to the pandemic, their fragile health and the travel restrictions have actually kept them in Papua New Guinea. They haven't been able to return home yet. Officials are working on getting them home safely. And this is what was said about their ordeal. They were interviewed, and one of the two men said this. I look forward to going home, but I guess it's been a nice break from everything. I guess that's one way to look on the brighter side. If you gotta look on the bright side, Very long vacation. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. It's a free vacation to Papua New Guinea. Wow, nice. Well, we don't know for sure they're not going to get a bill at the end of this. It's not America. Oh, that is oh. true. All right. I have a story, ladies. All right. Are you ready? Yeah. October 2020. That is the time for our story today. A time not so very long ago. Our story starts in Glacier National Park. It doesn't really start there, but since I'm starting in the middle of the story, that's where we're starting. Glacier National Park is a wilderness area in Montana's Rocky Mountains. <laughs> it encompasses about 1,500 square miles. I'm glad my English entertains you. It has glacier-carved peaks. It has valleys. It runs all the way to the Canadian border. It is crossed by the mountainous going to the Sun Road. Activities can include backpacking, cycling, camping. It has more than 700 miles of hiking trails. It has a route to photogenic hidden lake. Put that on your bucket list. Photogenic hidden lake. I'll get right on that. There's diverse wildlife, and it ranges from wild mountain goats to grizzly bears. There are moose, there are wolverines, and the Canadian lynx. Visitors to the park can see dozens of species of fish, reptiles, amphibians, and hundreds of species of birds. Established as a national park in 1910, it's a land of mountain ranges carved by prehistoric ice rivers. It features alpine meadows, deep forests, waterfalls, about 25 glistening glaciers, and about 200 sparkling lakes. It's simply a gorgeous place for our story to take place in today. A bear was lost in the Glacier National Park last year. The bear's name is, of course, Teddy. That is beautiful. I just pulled up a picture of photogenic hidden lake. It is gorgeous. It is. Teddy's a traveling bear. He has been all over the United States, and he has been abroad. He's been in Ethiopia, Rwanda, Croatia, and Greece. But even bears have troubles now and then, and this really wasn't Teddy's day. He got separated from his family, and his sense of direction wasn't great. And that particular day, his sniffer wasn't working so well. He couldn't roar for them or cry for them because Teddy didn't have the kind of vocal cords that most wild bears have. So in the National Forest, Teddy waited, waited patiently. He waited through an overnight snowstorm that was had actually closed the higher elevation trails off. And Teddy's patience was rewarded. Teddy was eventually found by a bear specialist by the name of Tom Mazarisi. Teddy was sitting in some melting snow alongside a trail. He was soaking wet. He was sad. He was lonely. Teddy had lost his family, and he had no idea where they had gone. So Tom, the bear specialist, he's actually a ranger also. He's working along with two other rangers, and they're doing the end-of-the-season work before the trail is closed down for the year. When they came up upon the little bear. 
and Tom decided to do something that was highly unusual and a little bit irregular. He took Teddy home with him. So Teddy hibernated in Tom's cabin with him for the winter. And when April came along, Tom knew he needed to do something about the situation. Teddy was pulling at his heartstrings, and Tom felt like the situation just couldn't continue the way it was going. It wasn't natural. It wasn't good for Teddy, and it wasn't it just wasn't right that somewhere out there, Teddy's mama and possibly other siblings were missing him and they needed him to come back. So Tom made a decision. When Tom returned to work in the following April, Teddy went along with him. He rode in Tom's truck right in the front seat, occasionally up on the dashboard, proud as can be. And of course, as you can imagine, Tom riding with Teddy in his truck was a sight to behold and he was quite the conversation starter. The months of April and May kept Teddy pretty busy. There was a lot to do. Teddy had an eventful spring. He got to watch wolves howl at each other. He got to work what's called bear jams, which is when traffic jams are caused by bears standing in the middle of a road. And even though Teddy was busy and Teddy was loved by not just Tom, but the people of the town, there was still something missing. And it would continue to be missing until a random encounter in October of 2021 when everything just changed. Ben and Addie Pascal. Ben works very hard being the senior pastor of what is described as a large and vibrant local church community. Ben has also been featured in Esquire magazine for his keen sense of fashion. Addie was a nurse. As she describes it, quote, nursing is all at once wild and intimate, exhausting and fulfilling. Days are marked by both laughter and tears. Nursing stretched me and grew me in ways I didn't know were possible and introduced me to some of the most interesting, kind, and tender-hearted badass people I've ever known. It was a fantastic career choice, one I took great pride and satisfaction in for many years, end quote. But then Addie got tired of nursing and found herself at a crossroads. She decided to write, so she started a blog. She now describes herself as a recovering RN and a self-proclaimed writer. Wife, mom, fueled by caffeine, kale, music, laughter, and wine. I have strong opinions about 80s music, man buns, and all the curries. Big earrings make me swoon. So do people who are brave with abandon. That's how she describes herself. I love that. Ben, Addie, and their three beautiful children live way up high in the Teton Mountains of Jackson Hole, West Virginia. In 2009, the couple welcomed their first daughter into the world. And in 2014, their first child, a son, made his appearance. And in 2016, Ben and Addie decided that they had room in their hearts for one more and they chose to adopt. So in 2016, Naomi joined their beautiful little family. But before Naomi came to the United States to join Ben, Addie, and her two siblings, she was living in an orphanage in Ethiopia. She was two at the time. Currently in Ethiopia, there are four and a half million orphans. Jesus. Families and communities struggle immensely to provide these children with the support that they need. From 1999 to 2017, 15,630 children were adopted from Ethiopia into the United States. That's nothing when you think about four and a half million. You're right. On January 9th of 2018, the Ethiopian parliament passed new legislation banning all inter-country adoptions by foreigners, effective immediately. Oh. They did this because of concerns for the health, safety, and well-being of the children, I can understand that to an extent. There had been charges of fraud and abuse of the adoption system, as well as very legitimate worries about trafficking and sex abuse of children. Yeah. 
Whether or not the negatives outweigh the positives or vice versa is a topic for a different conversation. Just there's a lot of children, you know, and there, there are pros and cons to everything. Yes. Anyway, while Naomi was in the orphanage before the Pascals got to bring her home, they sent her a gift so she would never be alone. And so she would always feel loved. They sent her Teddy. Aww. Ben and Andy do a lot of traveling with their family. I actually stalked them on their social media a little bit. And this is a family that goes and does so many things, so many places. It's unamazing. That's awesome. It just so happened that in October of 2020, they went to the Glacier National Park to hike with their three children. Their youngest, Naomi, was six at the time. And of course, because Teddy always went on adventures with the family, he was a very well-traveled bear, you know. Naomi brought Teddy along. It wasn't until they were on their way home, they realized that Teddy was not in the car with them. Oh, no. Seems Teddy was on a separate adventure of his own. And by the time they got back to the park, it was snowing pretty heavily. And the trail that they were hiking on had been closed to the public. So Ben and Addie did what any responsible teddy bear grandparents would do. And should do. They social media the shit out of that bear. (laughs) (laughs) Addie's latest Facebook post from June 2020. 2021. Sorry, 2021. Red. And this is a quote. Can anyone help us find Teddy? Our daughter Naomi lost him on the Hidden Lake Trail in Glacier National Park last fall. Probably a half mile from the visitor center, possibly under a rocky outcropping. Teddy is so special, he traveled from Wyoming to Florida and on to Ethiopia with dear friends to meet her ahead of her parents. He kept her company until she could come home for good. And since then, he's gone everywhere with her. Camping adventures, hiking shenanigans, beach trips. He's played in the desert sand. He's cuddled up on snowy days. He has snuggled her to sleep almost every night. He was her constant companion on our journey back to Ethiopia, as well as Rwanda, Croatia, Croatia, Greece, and all over the West. He has been on her, by her side for so many milestones, but there are many more adventures to be had. If you happen to hike Hidden Lake this summer or you know someone who does, please keep an eye out for Teddy. There would be no greater joy than to reunite our daughter with her very special furry friend. So, because of social media, because they are well-known, people responded with a lot of well wishes. They responded with offers to replace Teddy. A Michigan woman actually posted a picture that she had taken of Teddy on the day Teddy was lost, saying it was the only bear she had seen in the park that day. And this is a park well-known for bears. Right. Frequently, they actually close the trails off because of bear activity. Right. The Pascal family had reported the loss to the park. They had checked in with them on a regular basis to see if there was any info on the return of the bear, but nothing. Until October of 2021, a friend of the family who was visiting the park happened to see Teddy sitting on the dashboard of a park ranger's truck. Wow. Family friend... Terry Hayden felt pretty bad about the loss of Naomi's special bear. So when she and some family members went to Glacier in late September, she told them about it and she stopped to check on potential lost and found sites throughout the park. Terry says, I'm a woman of faith. And that one morning I said, okay, Lord, if this bear is around, please put that bear in my path and let me come home with that bear today. And that's pretty much exactly what happened. Hayden and her adult niece, who was a photographer, spotted a stuffed bear in a ranger's truck after being turned back from a trail that was closed due to bear activity. She took a picture of the bear and she sent it to Addie, who quickly confirmed that yes, that was Teddy. 
Unfortunately, the ranger's truck was locked, and it was Tom's day off. Oh, no. But there was another ranger who was working on the trail who had the keys. They left a note on the vehicle. So I think that Hayden and her niece left a vote a note on the vehicle, and they found some rangers. They, and Hayden, Terry Hayden says, I run up to the rangers, and I'm almost hyperventilating. And I'm, and I'm going, there's a truck down the trailhead, and there's a bear sitting on the dashboard. And, of and, course, they're thinking, real bear. <laughs> but the rangers all knew about the bear. Oh, okay. They all knew the story of Teddy. They didn't know his name was Teddy. They confirmed where it had been found, and they soon returned Teddy to Terry Hayden, along with a junior park ranger badge, and a ranger hat for the bear. Oh! Hayden shipped the bear to Naomi, who said she was really excited when she got Teddy back. Which is, of course. So Terry Hayden, when she then went on to buy another stuffed bear for Tom, he named the bear Clover because apparently there's a grizzly bear that he sees in the park that lays on her belly in a clover patch and eats. Oh my gosh. Clover is... Now, right now, wintering in his cabin, and next year, next spring, she will ride in his truck. Normally, when rangers do their end-of-the-season work and their cleanup in the park, anything that is not of monetary value, like a stuffed animal, gets thrown out. Tom, at that point in time, was unaware of the bear having been reported as lost, but he said for some reason he just couldn't, couldn't bring himself to throw the bear in the garbage, which is what they normally always would have done. So we end this story with a quote from Ben Pascal. It is just a story of hope and kindness and people just working together. The story touched people's hearts. It gave them hope. It made them feel like there's good in the world, which I believe there is. And that is the story of the little lost teddy bear. That's pretty awesome. Wow. That's cute. Yeah. Yeah, oh. just cute. That was like listening to you read us a children's book. <laughs> oh my gosh. It made me happy and warm and cozy. Now I need cocoa and a cookie, please. <laughs> you got your warm fuzzies on? No. Okay. No, it's it's going to be like 90, 80. I don't know what our temperature is here, but it's going to be warm. Wow. So, no. All right. Wow. All right. Yeah. It's currently 71 with a high of 79 today. Wow. Mm-hmm. It's not warm, fuzzy weather unless you're my dog, who does have his warm, fuzzy on. <laughs> Very right. cool. So thanks, everybody, who stopped by and listened to our story today. We hope you enjoyed yourself. Spent some time with us. You can find us at Facebook at Tell Me Something I Didn't Need to Know. You can find us at TMSIDNTK at gmail.com. You can also find us on Twitter at the same initials. If you have suggestions, ideas, comments, thoughts, stories of your own that you would like for us to share with the world for you, feel free to send them our way. We do respond. We do read everything that you send us. So we'd love to get mail and our listeners' thoughts. Yeah, we do. If you've enjoyed your short stop with us, please feel free to follow the podcast. Leave us a rating and a review. It takes you seconds, and it is literally the easiest way that you can help us out. It tells us how we're doing, and it helps other people find us. You can find us everywhere. We we are like fairy dust everywhere. And if you find some place we're not, 
Sprinkle that shit around. (laughs) (laughs) You have final thought till next time, guys? I do. I do. Okay. Be like that ranger, you guys. You never know when that tiny little thing, I mean, it took him absolutely nothing to do, just that little, he could have dumped it, you know? Yeah. Do just a tiny little good thing because the ripples, you know, are huge sometimes. You never know when that tiny little thing that you do, you know, will uh, really affect someone else. Yep. Yeah. And, and it, you know, like that little girl, Naomi, will remember that for the rest of her life. And that's such an awesome story. It is. Yep. It is. Be like yep. the ranger. Takes very little to change someone else's life. Good thought. Have a great day, guys. Bye. Bye. I was on the outskirts of a little southern town Trying to reach my destination before the sun went down The old CB was blaring away on channel 1-9 When there came a little boy's voice on the radio line And he said, Breaker 1-9, is anyone there? Come on back, truckers, and talk to Teddy Bear Well, I keyed the mic and I said, you got it, Teddy Bear And the little boy's voice came back on the air. Appreciate the break. Who we got on that end? I told him my handle and then he began. Now, I'm not supposed to bother you fellas out there. Mom says you're busy and for me to stay off there. But you see, I get lonely and it helps to talk. Cause that's about all I can do. I'm crippled and I can't walk. I came back and told him to fire up that mic, and I'd talk to him as long as he liked. This was my dad's radio, the little boy said, but I guess it's mine and mom's now, because my daddy's dead. Dad had a wreck about a month ago. He was trying to get home in a blinding snow. Mom has to work now to make ends meet. And I'm not much help with my two crippled feet. She says not to worry that we'll make it all right. But I hear her crying sometimes late at night. You know, there's one thing I want more than anything else to see. Oh, I know you guys are too busy to bother with me. But you see, my dad used to take me for rides when he was home. I guess it's all over now since my daddy's gone. Not one breaker came on the old CB as that little crippled boy talked with me. I tried hard to swallow a lump that just wouldn't stay down as I thought about my boy back in Greenville town. Dad was going to take mom and me with him later on this year. Well, I remember him saying, Someday this old truck will be yours, Teddy Bear. But I know I'll never get to ride an 18-wheeler again. But this old base will keep me in touch with all my trucker friends. Teddy Bear's going to back on out now and leave you alone, because it's about time for Mom to come home. But you give me a shout when you're passing through, and I'll sure be happy to come back to you. 
Well, I came back and I said, uh, before you go, 1010, what's your home 20, little CB friend? Well, he gave me his address and I didn't once hesitate. Because this hot load of freight is just going to have to wait. I turned that truck around on a dime and headed straight for Jackson Street, 229. And as I rounded the corner, oh, I got one heck of a shock. 18 wheelers were lined up for three city blocks. Well, I guess every driver for miles around had caught Teddy Bear's call. And that little crippled boy was having a ball. For as fast as one driver would carry him in, another would carry him to his truck and take off again. Well, you better believe I took my turn at riding Teddy Bear. And then I carried him back in and put him down in his chair. And buddy, if I never live to see happiness again, I want you to know I saw it that day in the face of that little man. We took up a collection for him before his mama got home, and each driver said goodbye, and then they were all gone. He shook my hand with a mile-long grin and said, So long, Tucker. I'll catch you again. Well, I hit that interstate with tears in my eyes. I turned on the radio and I got another surprise. Breaker 19 came a voice on the air. Just one word of thanks from Mama Teddy Bear. We wish each and every one a special prayer for you. Because you just made my little boy's dream come true. I'll sign off now before I start to cry. May God ride with you. 10-4. And goodbye.